the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, August the 1st, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On August 1st, 1936, the Olympics opened in Berlin with a ceremony presided over by none other than Adolf Hitler. The world would hear more from him in the coming years. Today, in 1876, Colorado was admitted as the 38th state. Today, in 1907, the U.S. Army Signal Corps, established as the Aeronautical Division, they were the forerunner of the U.S. Air Force. Today, in 1944, an uprising broke out in Warsaw, Poland, against the Nazi occupation. The revolt lasted two months, but it was crushed by the Nazis. Today, in 1957, the United States and Canada announced they had agreed to create the North American Air Defense Command, NORAD. Today, in 1975, a 35-nation summit in Finland concluded with the signing of the declaration known as the Helsinki Accords that was dealing with European security, human rights, and east-west contacts. And today, in 1988, Rush Limbaugh launched his national radio show. I remember the first time I heard Rush Limbaugh on the air. Marjorie and I had some friends. They had a condo in, down in the desert in Southern California. And it was during spring break, and we were down there. We'd go down there often and, and spend the week, and they'd let us use their condo. And and uh, it was in Rancho Mirage, and it is in Rancho Mirage. And I, we were down there, and I was driving over to a place called, in the morning, I was driving over to this place to get some bagels, and it was called Irv's Bagels. And I was just driving over there, and I was filling with the radio in the car, and I, I was, and I came across this guy who was on there, and I thought, who is this? I, I think it was before his program went national. I'd never heard of Rush Limbaugh, but I think he was on a station. I think it was Sacramento. I'm not sure. But I remember he was on somewhere that was being fed into uh, the desert area there. And I was listening to him. And, man, I listened to him. I got to the to the bagel place. And I kept sitting in the parking lot listening to him. I thought, man, this guy's saying what I've been thinking. Rush Limbaugh, the late... Rush Limbaugh. He was, uh, he certainly knew the pulse of America and he spoke from a conservative heart for sure. His brother David commented after Rush's passing here just last year. Um, his, David said, made a comment, he made it very clear. He said, Rush and I were raised in a devoutly Christian home. And he said, Rush certainly had made his peace with God before he passed away. I think most of us knew what that meant. We understood that. His brother David is an outstanding, committed Christian and a lawyer and, a, and an author as well. He's written a number of books. The great Rush Limbaugh. Oh, my. Psalm chapter 3, verse 3 says, But thou, O Lord, art a shield. 
for me, my glory, and the lifter of my head. The word of the Lord today, if you've been a little depressed or a little down, get your chin up. The Lord is the lifter of your head. I would do it if I could, but sometimes we just can't quite get the other person to lift up their head, but God can. He's the lifter of our head. God is in control of all things. Keep that in mind as we talk about the chaos in the world today. None the least, none the least of the chaos is being led by none other than Nancy Pelosi. She seems to be wanting to assume a role even above Speaker of the House, it seems to me. Maybe I'm misreading her intentions, but boy, she's living the dream. I mean, she is almost like the President of the United States, in her mind, the way she's acting. The uh, Breitbart News reported this morning, their headline, their lead headline was, Will She or Won't She? <laughs> and they said this, they said, The Chinese People's Liberation Army, PLA, staged military exercises and published propaganda videos and various weapons, including an alleged aircraft carrier killer, on Sunday and Monday morning, this morning, in anticipation of Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi arriving in Asia and potentially visiting Taiwan. I mentioned this in passing last week, that the the uh, the Globe, the it's a communist newspaper, basically, and it presents itself like a newspaper, but it's just a propaganda piece. But you can kind of see what they're trying to get the world to believe by paying attention to it. So I kind of watch it, see what they're talking about there, along with a lot of other news sources. But um, they were talking about the fact that uh, there was a possibility that even her plane could get shot down if she went to Taiwan, because that would be a real affront and an embarrassment and whatever, all to China. And so all this was going on this the end of last week. And as I said, we didn't talk about it on the program, but I mentioned it in passing. So anyway, Breitbart says Pelosi, uh, Pelosi landed in Singapore on Monday this morning and has since met with its president and prime minister, bringing along a congressional delegation. Her office, Pelosi's office, confirmed the delegation would also visit Malaysia, South Korea and Japan. It says rumors for weeks have indicated that Pelosi had long been considering a surprise stop in the sovereign democratic nation of Taiwan, defying the Chinese Communist Party. I could see her doing that because she would enjoy the publicity. I'm talking about her now. I'm going to soon be done with her. But anyway, um, Breitbart says the uh, defying the Chinese Communist Party, which falsely claims Taiwan as a rogue a province and dismisses its government as an illegitimate separatist entity. Now, we're originating at 9 a.m. this morning on Monday morning. Some of you will hear are hearing this program a little delayed in your city. But uh, at this point, the Wall Street Journal just put out a, a piece within the hour. I think it was around 8.30 uh, Pacific time. And it's breaking news. And the Wall Street Journal is saying at this point that Pelosi is going to go ahead with her Taiwan visit. They said House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is planning to visit Taiwan with meetings scheduled with government officials on the self-ruled island that China claims as its own. 
Pelosi, whom or people whom Miss Pelosi is planning to meet with in Taiwan, have been informed of her imminent arrival, and the uh, this person said through some details remain in flux. Although the details remain in flux, she is coming to Taiwan as we speak. She's going to be landing there. They said, quote, the Wall Street Journal is quoting this source in Taiwan. She's definitely coming. The only variable is whether she spends the night in Taipei. This is a big deal because we'll see what China does in response to this wide-eyed woman who loves a lot of publicity. I don't know what she expects to accomplish. I guess anything would be more than the president has accomplished, but... Well, I don't know why she's doing this other, I mean, just provoking China for no reason. I mean, what's she going to get out of it? Just, you know, a little, I guess, build her self-worth or something. I don't know. But anyway, that's the plan. I'm not suggesting we should kowtow to China. I'm simply wondering what the motives of Nancy Pelosi happen to be. I think I know, but I'm politely wondering out loud what they are. I think she likes the spotlight, and she's in it right now. Speaking in Rome last Thursday, Supreme Court Justice Alito said religious liberty is waning. It's in peril around the world. He said partly because of the waning influence of religion itself. People are turning away from religion in general. That was the point he was making. He said, quote, it's hard to convince people that religious liberty is worth defending if they don't think that religion is a good thing that deserves protection. He was talking, he was speaking at the Notre Dame Religious Liberty Summit in Rome. He says the challenge for those who want to protect religious liberty in the United States and elsewhere, he said, is to convince people who are not religious that religious liberty is worth special protection. That's an interesting take. And he added, that will not be easy to do. Most of the polls that I'm seeing show a diminishing interest in religion, even Christianity, in America. And I've mentioned that on this program a number of times. As Alito, it was interesting to me at least, as Alito began his speech, he noted that the, quote, Roman setting also brought to mind how religious freedom has been challenged and championed throughout history. You can't miss that if you're in Rome and you're, you're seeing all these ruins around in the Colosseum and, you know, right downtown and all of this stuff in front of you. He said, I find myself thinking about the proud civilization that was centered here two millennia ago. And then he proceeded with his speech. He said, as I think back, I also think ahead. And I wonder what historians may say centuries from now about the contribution of the United States to world civilization. He said, one thing I hope they will say is that our country, after a lot of fits and starts and ups and downs, eventually showed the world that it's possible to have a stable and successful society in which people of diverse faiths live and work and together harmoniously and productively while still retaining their own beliefs. Then he said this, this is Justice Alito, Supreme Court Justice in Rome, speaking to this summit on religious freedom. He said, quote, as the remnants of the Roman Empire make clear throughout the city, no human achievement 
is ever permanent. Therefore, we cannot lightly assume that the religious liberty enjoyed today in the United States, in Europe, and in many other places will always endure. Religious liberty is fragile, he said, and religious intolerance and persecution have been reoccurring features of human, human history. Well, indeed, that's true. Rome is where St. Peter and St. Paul and countless other Christians were martyred. We know the stories. We've read them. Religious liberty is under attack in many places because it's dangerous to the people who want to hold complete power. And Alito made that point. He talked about that in his speech. He said it also probably grows out of something dark and deep in the human DNA. Well, indeed it does. It grows out of sin. And sin is universal. I mean, sin in Africa is sin in America. It's the same thing. It's rebellion against God. And that's what the, what's at the heart of the loss of interest in religion because Christianity in particular, especially Christianity, has not spoken to the issues of our day in recent years. We have grown silent and kind of cool and kind of hip or tried to be. We've tried to become so much like the world under the guise of reaching the world. We've become the world. You can't tell the difference. You look at Christianity, I can't speak and don't speak for <clears throat> Islam and all the rest of it because all the other religions of the world, basically, I mean, I'm just saying it is they're false religions. Jesus Christ himself said, there is only one way to God and I am that way. Now, we either believe that or we don't believe that. All the other religions of the world and all the Oprah Winfrey's and all those people of this world in the United States, they say, well, and Barack Obama and all these guys, I mean, they, people of influence, they say, well, you know, I, know, I, I think there are other ways. I, I believe in Jesus, but there's other ways to God. No, there isn't. And because we have allowed that to become the narrative that supposedly represents Christianity, because pulpits are silent, they're afraid to speak the truth into the darkness and the chaos and the decay of our culture, these other people well-known celebrities. They speak for the church, and they don't represent the church. They don't even represent biblical Christianity. That's the problem that we have today, and that's why people are walking away, and especially this generation, from religion in general, and unfortunately, including Christianity, which serves and believes in the one and true living God. Jesus Christ, his only begotten son. We believe that he died on a cross for my sins. For my sins. And he was raised from the dead, resurrected from the dead, and the price has been paid for my sins if I will accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. That's Christianity. There is no other religion like it. And we are either speaking to the culture and changing the culture, or we are silent and watching the culture go to hell. And that's what we've been doing in recent years. Too many pulpits have been silent. Alito didn't get into this. I believe, I'm, I'm pretty sure Alito's a Catholic, and he, he would look at things differently because of his Catholic faith, I would assume. But he didn't get into that, but he was talking about, he sees the evidence of that. And he's talking about the consequences of our silence, although he didn't define that. 
But he noted, he said, another test is the growing number of people who reject religion or don't think religion is important. Of course they don't think it's important if it's just another intrusion in their life. they got yoga, they've got basketball, they've got tennis, they've got golf, they've got Christianity, they've got... That's where we've gotten to. It's just another activity. Alito said it's hard to convince people that religious liberty is worth defending if they don't think that religion is a good thing that deserves protection. He said the challenge for those who want to protect religious liberty in the United States and Europe and other places, he said, is to make it important. That's exactly. He said if religious liberty is protected, religious leaders and other men and women of faith will be able to speak out on social issues. And that I would disagree with him on that. I mean, that's true, but that's not the main point. Christianity has shifted somewhat, and it's become, in general, it's become more measured by the social issues than it is by the fundamental issue of who is Jesus Christ. Is he the the only begotten Son of God who died and was resurrected from the dead, or is he just a teacher, as Islam and others teach? That's the fundamental question that isn't being asked, because it's not politically correct. That's the problem. So Alito is, is a wise man, I mean, beyond my abilities for sure, but he is addressing the results, the consequences, but he's not necessarily addressing the the cure for this. He's just saying it's going to be very difficult to turn things around in regards to Christian and religious liberty. Interesting, there's many results of this. I mean, we see it happening around us all the time. And one guy has been pretty outspoken. He's a Canadian. But you can overlay this on, on, on the United States. I mean, America's going down the same path, generally. But uh, I talked about him, this uh, Canadian pastor. His name is Arter uh, Pulowski. And um, he earned international media attention by defying the, the pandemic restrictions in, in Canada, where he pastors a church. And he's been in prison. He's just been released recently. And, but there's a good report out there on this, and, and I thought of him when I was I was looking at Alito and what he was saying in his speech. And uh, you probably remember I talked about him. I mean, the, the 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 federal people in Canada, Alberta, Canada, they came to his church. I I think it was on Easter Sunday morning. I'm I'm pretty sure on that, if my memory serves me. But we talked about it at the time uh, here on this program. And um, they came. There was about six or eight of these police officers, and and they came in and and said, "Excuse me, you know, we're going to close down this service." And and he was you know up on the platform, and and he looked at him. He said, "No, you." Or not they said yes this is illegal under the covid you know rules and blah 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 and he said do you have a, a, an arrest warrant and they said no but we're here to close down this service because you know they're at risk and all of the stuff and he said well leave the premise he said you're not welcome here if you don't have a, a legal documents and there was a back and forth and it was all caught on video it was kind of funny but i mean the guy really took a stand and he, he told them to leave he said, you're interrupting our service. And they did leave. They finally left. But they later arrested uh, this uh, pastor, Arter uh, Pulowski, and his brother as they left at Sunday morning service just shortly thereafter, a couple of weeks, I think it was. They arrested him. They shut down this freeway and all these cars. And there was a big assault 
a vehicle there and all this. And, and here was this pastor on his knees. They were putting handcuffs on him in the middle of a freeway outside the city there where he, where he pastors this church. But anyway, there was good news that came out just a couple of days ago about him. And so after he'd been arrested, after he had served 51 days in police custody, last week, Thursday, I think it was, it came out, and I was reading it on Friday, and I didn't have time to mention it. But the Court of Appeals, he's been you know, challenging his arrest, sort of custody, and uh, so on. And the court, uh, a, a Court of Appeals, made a unanimous and legally sound, I might add, decision overturning the charges of contempt against this pastor. And they ordered Alberta Canada's health services to pay the Pulowskis, he and his brother, $15,733.59 in damages. I'm not sure what all the details is, but it doesn't matter to me. It probably doesn't matter to him. But anyway, he's free, and he's got an additional $15,000 that he wouldn't have had otherwise. So he can probably probably put it into his ministry and reach more people and keep doing what he's doing. But you can't you can't fault the authorities for not doing their best to shut down this church. And that's what Alito is talking about. I mean, and this is happening on many levels in many ways. It has different faces in different places, but that's what's happening in our Western world. There is an attack on religion, particularly Christianity. Social justice has become the modern-day Trojan horse for the church. Jason Yates, he's the CEO of My Faith Boats, he was talking to someone at American Family uh, just last week, and he said, we're seeing a hydra of involvement between progressive leftists and deconstructionists. I've talked about all of those issues on this program, most recently deconstruction and how that is infecting the church. He said, uh, Yates said, I define the Christian left as this growing constituency of left-leaning Christians, at times Christians in name only, who willingly embrace a downgraded view of the Bible in favor of a held belief about socialism and Marxism. He said, we hear statements like, well, Jesus was a socialist. Yeah, he's right. I hear that a lot, all the time. He said, we're trying to paint Jesus as a Palestinian refugee to support open borders or a diminished view of Israel. He said, we also are seeing a rise in acceptance of the world's definitions of sexuality and gender. We certainly are, and we talk about that as well on this program. He said, search the term progressive Christianity. He said this. He said, on social media platforms like TikTok, he said, you find thousands of videos of so-called Christians attempting to justify alternative lifestyles and immoral practices using scripture. He is absolutely right. You go on Facebook, where the old people are now, <laughs> they say, that's probably true, and you see evangelical Christians trying to persuade their friends, quote-unquote, on Facebook that the social movement is the essence of Christianity, and they've become leftist or progressive so-called Christians, which isn't Christian, nor is it biblical. Yates said the church has become convinced that the gospel is a social justice gospel. He said, but typically social justice is just a ruse for critical theory in various forms. Again, he's right. That has distracted us from the central message of Jesus Christ. The general message 
that as Christians, we should be above politics. We shouldn't get involved in politics. From what we see in Scripture, Jesus spent much time talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were the political figures. They were what we would have as representatives and senators and so on. They were the people creating the rules and the laws. Jesus actively pushed back on those guys. I don't have time, but I can read endless. You've seen it in the New Testament. Jesus was very direct. He wasn't that loving little kind of weak person that sometimes he's pictured as, as, as just living in a kind of a dream world. No, he pointed his finger. He called them rotted tombs. He said, you're white on the outside and rotten on the inside. Jesus was politically involved, and I don't want to overstate that. I don't want to in any way suggest that Jesus came here to be a political activist. Some were hoping for that. Some of his followers had hoped to see him sort of take over the the country and rule and over Rome and so on. But that isn't why he came. He came to save us from our sins, but he didn't run away from the politics of his day. We see him pushing back against them again and again. He wasn't a lobbyist, but he he was and is the truth and the light. As Christians, we've got to recognize the influence that we hold. If the state grants us the ability to vote and be involved, and they still have, we've got to use our voices. We've got to speak back, but we've got to stay focused on the central issue. The central issue is not Black Lives Matter. The central issue is that Jesus Christ came and died for the world for our sins. That is the gospel, but we are not to run away from the political aspect of our lives because he didn't. So we shouldn't. The left talks about the separation of church and state, but they want a church subservient to the state. They want to separate church and state, but they want us to bow to the state. This COVID-19 made that abundantly clear. Billy Graham once said, if you don't take your stand for Christ, he said, you'll be on the wrong side, and someday when it's too late, you'll cry out, I've taken the wrong stand. Billy said, you'll be in the devil's trap, and you can't lick the devil. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, reminds us to put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Be prepared. Be dressed. Put on the full armor of God. Ye are the salt of the earth. Most of us are familiar with those words. But Jesus went on to say, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall the saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. That's Jesus, not me, saying that. That's exactly what has happened to religion and the church in America, for sure, but in all of the Western world. We are called to be shining lights in the darkness, and we fail to shine. We're called to be the prophetic voices to the world, but we failed to preach the truth. That's the problem in our world, and Justice Alito recognizes the problem, and he was talking about the problem, but he wasn't quite getting to the result, and maybe that wasn't his intent. But the consequences of that is what we're seeing today. And yes, religious freedoms are being eroded because people are more and more downgrading the importance of the church and of religion and of, in America, 
Christianity. Oh, I have more to say, but we are out of time. I want to just say thank you to all of you who support this ministry. Without you, we would not be here. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.